Hello, and welcome to this week's Talking Pharmacy podcast. My name is Richard Thomas, editor of Pharmacy Magazine, and joining me on the pod this week are Rob Darricott, editor of P3 Pharmacy, and Arthur Walsh, editor of Pharmacy Network News. Neil Trainis is away, making the most of this glorious spring weather. So, let's do Good Week, Bad Week. Um, hello, Rob, what do you have for us? Hello, Richard. Uh, well, after the... The doom and gloom of the last couple of weeks. I thought I'd find something. I'm not sure it's a good week, but it's a nice positive thing to be talking about. And uh, it's the announcement this week of the um, the, the charity campaign uh, from Pharmacy Support. And they've uh, laid out their, their plans for the year um, starting uh, next week, I think. Um, and... You know, this is a charity which has been around for 180 years. It's um, focused on providing support to the profession and uh, it's faced some challenges over recent years and it's changed its offer. But its campaigning side seems to go from strength to strength. And this year, uh, they're going to be targeting each uh, the well-being needs of each grouping in the pharmacy family, starting with students next month and moving on to trainees and pharmacists. And they're also picking up on next month's uh, 20th anniversary of Stress Awareness Month. So um, I think this is a this is an important initiative, uh, deserves our support. And uh, they've also uh, put out as part of the the pack this time. They've given us a little update on um, on what they've been doing over the past year. Uh, so they they with their proactive approach to mental health and well being in the pharmacy sector. Um, last April. They launched a new counselling service and they're saying that in the first 12 months that helped 73 individuals, some of whom presented with the most complex of traumas. And this year, following a recruitment drive, they're going to be expanding their peer support network of listening friends to provide even more capacity to support people within the profession struggling with work and study-based worries. So um, a three-pronged uh, campaign inside in their, their what's now um, everybody becoming more familiar with their now campaign so the first part of that is going to focus on issues experienced by pharmacy students centering around exam anxiety social anxiety bullying that's going to run from wednesday the 30th of march to wednesday the 6th of april they're going to follow that up with um a, a segment aimed at specifically at sort of trainees so the trainee act now campaign will focus on getting mentally prepared for the assessment and the tradition into um the profession generally and responsible st- uh, pharmacy status and that's going to run from Wednesday the 25th of May to the 1st of June and then the final installment will be a longer pharmacist focus campaign that will kick off once again on World Pharmacist Day which is the 25th of September and run for four weeks ending on the 22nd of October. I'm sure we'll be coming back to this um, throughout the year. Um, our Act Now campaigns will build on the success and momentum of the last two years says uh, Danielle Hunt, who we've had on the pod and uh, we've all written about in at various points, uh, Chief Executive of Pharmacy Support. And um, so I just highlight it there, Richard, really, just to say that there are pharmacy organisations around um, continuing to support the profession uh, as we face, you know, challenges. We've got more challenges um, coming, uh, particularly financially, I think, for, for everybody this year. And it's great to see an organisation um, keep uh, keep doing what it's doing and doing it well. I'm sure we'll put the the link to uh, further information and to sign up uh, to the campaign in the notes for the for the for the podcast this month. But I think it's 
it's not so much a good week as a, a good story and a good uh, reminder to everybody that there are that there are people out there working very hard to 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 get you to watch your back. Yeah, thanks, Rob. Um, great call, great story. Pharmacists support brilliant organisation, like like you say, continuing to do such tremendous, invaluable work for the profession. I mean, well-being in the workplace, stress, burnout is such a big issue at the moment. And uh, like you say, Rob, pharmacists support a great campaigning organization these days next month stress awareness month yes lots of resources available from pharmacist support we will put the the details in the show notes uh, to the podcast and yeah we'd urge everyone to sign up to this year's act now campaign uh, which kicks off uh, like you say in may uh, so that's a really positive way to start i like that rob thanks a lot um arthur then let's go to you next good week or bad week a uh, good week for me as well. It must be the nice weather. Um, but it has been a good week for pharmacies in Northern Ireland. They've had some new funding announced. Not a huge amount of funding in the scheme of things. It's £8 million. Pounds. But I, uh, the sort of story that's a, that it's a part of shows uh, hopefully a positive direction of travel for the sector there. So this is £8 million in funding for a new medicines adherence service that's aimed at uh, patients who may be at risk if they fail to take their medicine as prescribed or, or take it every day or so on. Um, and it's being introduced in, in three phases, the service. The first is looking at patients being discharged from hospital. Um, and then it's going to sort of go on to um, go, go on to look at other, other groups of patients. The service was announced alongside a new commissioning roadmap for services in Northern Ireland. So you've got other things coming down the line sort of similar to what to what we're seeing in england over, over the past few years there's a hypertension service also a care home medicine service um so good scope for community pharmacy practice there i think um and they're also going to see an expansion of their pharmacy first service so that's going to include consultations around emergency hormonal contraception and uh, all of this um, is going to require investment in uh, in IT infrastructure and um, patient data access. And the Health and Social Care Board said there that that formed part of of the commissioning road plan. I mean, not I. I'm not sure how set in stone all of this is because the HSCB document does say that it's subject to government funding. And I guess with the whether or not you have an executive in Northern Ireland at any time could be, you know, unpredictable. So, so, so we'll see how all that goes. But definitely, it shows a positive uh, direction of travel, and um, all of this um, has been endorsed by the section negotiator there, uh, Community Pharmacy Northern Ireland. The uh, CPNI chief Jared Green said this is welcome, much needed investment in community pharmacy. It comes after two years of a pandemic where, where the sector has, has proven itself and proven its its dedication. Um, which is great. To, it's great to see that sort of positive relationship. When you think that uh, at the onset of the pandemic, Northern Ireland pharmacies, led by the CPNI, were going to go on industrial action because they were so unhappy with sort of what they saw as years and years of of underfunding of, of the sector's pharmacies. So yeah, eight million pounds is not. Um, massive in the scheme of things but i thought it was a good good story shows shows that um uh steps have been taken to to, to mend that relationship and uh and all in in the interest of patients ultimately um also in northern ireland uh, there's a few there's a few things going on there also this week uh it was announced that the department of health has launched a consultation on um 
whether to um, give pharmacy technicians professional status and have them regulated by the by the PSNI over there. Um, they say this is sort of uh, the, the Department of Health says the non-regulated status of pharmacy technicians in Northern Ireland is a long-standing issue, and and that they want to um, to bring Northern Ireland in line with the rest of the UK, and and that it will have sort of benefits for for pharmacy teams, pharmacy services to 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 um, to give technicians. Um, sort of this regulated professional status. So one to watch there. Um, I mean, I presume there's only one way that 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 consultation could go. I, pre- I presume. I mean, <clears throat> um, I mean, if if you if you look at sort of the the, the way things have gone in, in Great Britain, um, I I would assume that you know we're looking at professional status in for pharmacy technicians in Northern Ireland. Uh, in the, within the coming years, so yeah, so good good news from coming from Northern Ireland. Yeah, thanks, Arthur. Um, yeah, lots of good news there. Perhaps professional status for pharmacy technicians by by twenty twenty five. Investment in the this, the new medicine adherence service and and the commissioning roadmap gradually taking shape there, albeit funding issues to be sorted. It does seem that relations between contractors in Northern Ireland and the administration over there are, are much better than they've been for for quite a while, certainly until uh, going back to the start of the pandemic, like you said, Arthur. Um, so, Rob, positive things in Northern Ireland. Yeah, I think you've just, you just said, hit the nail on the head there, Richard, that after a, a long period of difficulties and uh time you know not not sometimes not unrelated to the um to the political situation and the availability or whether i was an executive but a long period of time when it appeared the uh the negotiating body and um and uh department of health and uh social social services uh, anyway the health department in northern ireland were uh, not exactly seeing eye to eye on a whole range of things so good to see some progress and um yeah, I just uh, I suppose it's it's shame a shameless plug for, really for me here. Uh, we've been uh, our health economist at, on P three Pharmacy has been looking at the the contractual um, arrangements in um, in the various nations of the uh, United Kingdom, and in this month's uh, issue coming up, the one in April, she she finally gets she, she finally gets to Scotland. She's got some very complimentary things to say about the incentives in the in the Scottish contract. And um, given that a number of those elements in Northern Ireland appear to be very similar to some of the things that have been happening in Scotland, that bodes well. I look forward myself to having a look at the details of that. And I'm sure we'll get leaders to have a look at look at those as well and cast um, that particular, uh, her particular eye over that as well. Um, you know, very interesting series, just looking at um, how on the face of it things pan out and and whether the incentives are in there, both for contractors, but also for better outcomes for patients. Okay, good stuff. Uh, thanks, Rob. Thanks, Arthur, too. Um, so I'll finish off. I, I've got a good week as well, but a little bit of a bad week first. I tell you, I'll get my bad week out of the way first. Um, it's only a small one, but, oh, I don't know, bad week for pharmacists and revalidation, isn't it? I mean, you've got to mention this. GPHC has officially declared the pandemic over uh, with the news that the full revalidation requirements will be reinstated in October. Um, as our listeners will know for, for the last uh, couple of years now, uh, registrants have just had to submit a single reflective account as part of their registration renewal. And um, so we're going to be back to four CPD entries, a reflective account and a, a peer discussion. Um, there is a slight irony here, I think, in that the GPHC 
has made this decision as COVID case rates are soaring, uh, which means pharmacists uh, are incredibly busy at the moment. So um, people won't exactly be jumping for joy at the news, but something else to squeeze in over the next six months, isn't it? But I suppose that's what living with COVID looks like. Um, But with that out of the way, I've got my good week as well. So my good week goes to uh, a group of wonderful pharmacists in Scotland, all 25 of them who are recognised by the RPS this week for their outstanding contribution to the profession through the award of fellowships and consultant credentials, plus uh, special recognition for the brilliant former chief pharmaceutical officer up there, Rosemary Parr, who received the Charter Award. Um, Very well done to her and to them. Been a sticky couple of weeks for the society, uh, but celebrating success and the work of inspirational pharmacists is a, a really important role for a professional leadership body. And especially nice to see that this was a face-to-face event and that the chief executive and president made it all the way up to Edinburgh in person to attend uh, travelling standard class, I'm sure. Who knows, at this rate, we may even have a Scottish board member as the the next president of the society. Um, The RPS, I think, does some fantastic work in Scotland, to be fair, under the leadership of of a former colleague of mine, Claire Morrison, it recently published Pharmacy 2030, the new professional vision for the future of pharmacy in Scotland. Uh, And I think pharmacy in Scotland is in a really healthy place, due in large part to the pharmacists like the ones who are recognised this week up in Edinburgh. So it's been a very good week for them. What do you think, Arthur? No, just a question. Um, uh, Has there ever been a non-English or a non-England based president of the RPS? No, not since the split. Okay, no interest. No, it would be would be great to perhaps to see some representation from other parts of the UK. Yes, no, it absolutely would be, and I I I'm not sure whether it's something to do with the way that the assembly is structured or or how the internal voting works. I I, I don't know whether it's more um, whether a, a, it's a president is more likely to come from um, the English Pharmacy Board because of because of the numbers. But yeah, I think it would be extremely healthy for a president to come from Scotland and uh, and then from Wales as well. But let's see, that's down to the, that's down to the boards. And we've got time for an any other business this week. Rob, what do you have for us? I thought you were going to say um, good week for the Azuri, Richard, but you seem to have missed that one off. <laughs> I've moved on, Rob. Very wise. <laughs> Thank you very much, Rob, for bringing that up. So we're definitely going to end it there after that um, short and sweet podcast this week. My thanks to Rob and Arthur. Um, Oh, I would like to give a quick reminder, actually, that uh, entries close in a couple of weeks for the Recognition of Excellence Awards, which is our award scheme celebrating the work of pharmacy support staff run by our title, Training Matters. So any pharmacists out there who'd like to nominate their support staff members, and, of course, medicine counter assistants, pharmacy technicians and the like can enter directly as well. Check out the Training Matters website and details in the show notes to this podcast. OK, all the Talking Pharmacy podcasts are available on the Pharmacy Magazine website and from all your usual podcast providers. Just search for Talking Pharmacy. Talking Pharmacy.